The climate is changing at an accelerating pace. Thousands of residents and tourists have been evacuated from the region. No one country can solve this problem. There's really one key message that emerges from this report. We are out of time. Welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, an international podcast that explores the personal side of climate change your feelings, what the crisis means to you, and how to cope and thrive. And now, your hosts, Thomas Doherty and Panu Pikala. Hello, I'm Thomas Doherty. And I am Panu Pikala. And welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, our podcast, the show for people around the globe who are thinking and feeling deeply about climate change and the personal side of climate change and other environmental issues. Um, and we have um, two special guests joining Panu and I today from Finland, and um, I'll let them introduce themselves. Hey, hi everybody. My name is Sanni Saarimäki. Hi everyone. I'm Taneli Saari. Warmly welcome, Taneli and Sanni. Lämpimästi tervetuloa in, in Finnish. Uh, it's a great joy to have you join us, and Thomas has some roots all in, in Europe, but of course he's been living in North America for a while, so we want to engage in European conversation. And of course, we three, Sanni, Taneli and I, uh, know each other from many, many years back. Finland is a rather small country, five million people with quite large land area compared to many other European countries. The public discussion on eco-emotions and climate anxiety and other issues related to that really gained more prominence since 2017 uh, and we3 have been in many ways connected with that public discussion and we have sometimes been uh, running workshops together but we don't do work together on a day-to-day -day basis so that's some of the some of the ba background and and there's there's a lot to talk about various things going on on in Finland and your own journeys towards this, this this topic and that's something that we'd like to begin with so uh, could you tell us something about how how did you end up with this area of eco emotions and the re rest of the stuff and uh, could you sunny for example start yeah sure thank you and thank you for inviting us to speak with you here today so um I am psychologist uh, from my educational background and also a history teacher, but I haven't done that in many years. Um, my uh, journey towards eco-emotions uh, started from my own experience, my own personal experience. Um, I had been working uh, in one University of Appalachia and she's a study psychologist for some time, and that's where I also met Taneli. Um, and then after those couple of years I was working there, uh, my contract uh, ended and uh, it was a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, it, it sometimes happens that it, we have to change jobs and uh, things like that. But for me, it was a very, very uh, huge experience to be unemployed. Uh, and uh, I have been before I had been thinking that my role in, in this whole global <laughs> uh, situation is to be there for the students and help them to deal with their own emotions and then uh, find their own place and go and save the world. <laughs> so that would be my thing. And I wouldn't have uh, I didn't have that at, anymore at that point when I became unemployed. And it was a very 
very rainy summer there in Finland and uh, all I had was time and I was reading a lot about climate change and other environmental issues and yeah when I had too much time and too much time to also realize how serious the situation was with the climate change and kind of that eco-anxiety I had had inside me somewhere there hidden it came to the surface and uh, at the same time when I was experiencing this eco-anxiety myself, I also thought a uh, few of my students, they did not come to the study psychologist to talk about climate anxiety, no, but there also underneath their uh, situations, there might be climate anxiety or other global threats that they are mm-hmm. thinking how that's mm-hmm. going to affect their future. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of time and I was thinking, where do they then go? If I, as a psychologist, don't know where to go and who to talk to about these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So where would they go? And uh, then I was lucky to start a new uh, job as a study psycholo- psychologist once again, uh, now in other university. And uh, I thought first that the eco-anxiety would go away and I would <laughs> continue my uh, normal job, I would be working as a psychologist once again with stress and motivation issues and things like that. But the eco-anxiety did not go away. <laughs> it was there. And uh, yeah, I I was also lucky in that point that my colleagues, my new colleagues, uh, they said that they don't know what to do with this, but if I want to do something with this, they would support me. They would try to help me to do something. And uh, they said that the students are actually, it's a hidden hidden there, but they do uh, have this kind of same fears and uh, emotions and there is not, not much yet but what we could do, but let's experience this together and do something. And I started to pilot climate anxiety groups. And at the same time, I was keeping contact with Taneli and uh, he was one of those persons who would actually understand that I'm not, my climate anxiety is not something has a cover. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's not covering my personal issues or anything like that, but it's mm-hmm. it's there. And uh, we also decided that when these pilot groups were doing quite well in Alta, uh, that maybe something similar would be needed outside. And we then founded Tunne, our organization and now it's been this is now our fifth year maybe yeah mm. and uh, along the way I also uh, got a lot of help from Panu especially at the beginning when I was thinking where to go and who to contact and there was this article about Panu's book and mm-hmm. one of my colleagues says that hey you should write to Panu and ask <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah it has been then the years have gone uh, by quite fast <laughs> They have indeed. Thanks so much, Sunny, for sharing about this journey. And it's been a transformative journey, I'd I'd say, listening to you and knowing knowing this. And this tunne word means emotion in Finnish language. In the podcast, we've often spoken about different languages. And so we use that word in Finnish both for emotion and feeling. We don't do any separation for that in the Finnish language. And uh, this transformative journey of Sannis and uh, and Tanelis and others then led to an NGO uh, organization which focuses really on eco-emotions and 
and, and climate emotions. But but Thomas, you have some uh, common things in your in your work. You know, listening to people, uh, even though you don't work at university and anymore or a study psychologist, but you see people who have issues that they talk about and issues that are underneath what they talk about. So, what what resonates with you when listening to Sunny's story this far? Well, yeah, I think um, Sonny's story is very universal. I, I can identify with it. People that really have these, again, it starts personally. There's this idea of having a waking up, waking an environmental waking up and awareness, and it's troubling and um, waking up syndrome. It's been called, and and then people want to do something about it. And you know, I know well the challenge of getting this done in in the in the institution. In the U.S., we would think about you know university counseling centers and and and, and psychologists and counselors are working with students in universities. Um, yeah, so I've I've actually done that work and I I could see that. And it really does take some some people that just believe in the idea to get it started. And then once you I find once you scratch the surface, many many people identify with it. Uh, it's it's it is really it is really under the surface, like you say. So. No, I think it's great, and it 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 just takes a pathfinder, it takes someone to start, uh, and then and then people then people follow along. So yeah, I think many many listeners can identify with Sonny. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Thomas, for reflecting on 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 that. And and now, in addition to this NGO, where Taneli is also being very active, and I'll very soon ask Taneli about his his, his journey. And then there's the national. Finnish social and health sector eco-anxiety project and again we all three have been involved in that I'm at the advisory board and in various other strategic positions but Taneli has actually been working there and Sunny is, is the chairperson of the Tunne NGO which is one of the three organizations working for that national project so just for the listeners so there's several sort mm-hmm. of organizational manifestations of this work that mm-hmm. we are talking about but But, but please, Taneli, you've been listening to us patiently as, as suits your character's strengths. But could you share us something about your your journey? Yeah. Thanks, Pano. And uh, hi, everyone. It's nice to be on this podcast. I'm a long-time listener and a first-time guest. Yes. Um, yeah, well, I, I have a professional background in uh, social services and a d- degree as well. And um, uh, I have had this uh, kind of thirst to experience a lot of different uh, fields and um, uh, my first uh, job was uh, I started as a kindergarten teacher and uh, moved from there to uh, child protective services and that's I was still doing that job part-time when I was studying and uh, I was in my early 20s and um, faced some like really serious uh, situations of my clients like sexual abuse and that that kind of stuff that really stops you and 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 makes you think about what we're doing to each other and to ourselves and yeah and from there years went on and i i worked with people with substance abuse problems even prisoners then with families again with children and their parents and so on and uh, like uh, Sunny said uh, It was in 2014 when when I, I also uh, switched to to this um, University of Applied Sciences and and my uh, job title there was a study well-being advisor and both Sunny and me we uh, uh, students came to see us one on one and and then we guided these different peer groups 
for example, this is like tension and uh, fear to perform in front of people was one of those topics. So, and we had these really interesting uh, coffee break discussions. I have to thank Sunny for those. It was people who believe what you're think- saying and thinking, and it's a, it's a really meaningful. Uh, yeah, so we had these coffee break talks and talked about what kind of services should our uh, social and healthcare sector provide in the future. And we had this discussion back then, uh, like seven, eight years ago, that there's no place to go if you want to talk how much climate change or other aspects of environmental crisis affect you. And um, in that sense, we were kind of right. And also that's what Panu's, Panu's book in 2017 mentioned. Mm. And I moved to this NGO uh, side of work uh, later on. And then I had some experience how to run an association and how to, what it, what is needed. And uh, like Sunny told, then we decided that we should uh, form this uh, and we have started doing these workshops and different kind of trainings since 2018. And that year also, from our spe- perspective, was a turning point. The IPCC report that um, was about the 1.5 Celsius degree warming was like the made made a real big splash. And uh, for example, the media and public awareness exploded after that, and also the demand for our our workshops and what we do. People were really interested after that. And luckily, uh, we did this work on our free time as 100% volunteers. We didn't raise a penny from for, or or didn't get paid at all and didn't want to. And uh, from the start of 2020, we got this grant from from this uh, funding center for social and health organizations in Finland. And that, that and and that funding center has a background in in or or all the grants that they uh, give to organizations. They are signed by the Ministry of Social Affairs and Health. So that's kind of a nationally funded project. And um, there we have three different organizations. Uh, Mieli, which is I think the oldest mental health organization in in, in the world uh, as well as in Finland. And they they are in charge of the project management. And then there are two like specialist organizations, we from Tunnaru, and then Nyutiaru, uh, which focuses on the uh, students' well-being. And so there are three three specialists who work in that project. And we have a uh, three areas which we focus on. One is we provide uh, support for people who experience environmental or eco emotions. Uh, we, we organize these workshops uh, and these peer groups from three to five times. Um, then we have like, uh, these like open webinars and so on. Panu is a frequent speaker in those. Um, and then um, besides providing support and places for people who are, for example, ego-anxious, then we also train professionals and people who meet people who go, go through Eco emotions. That means that we have uh, trained uh, teachers, uh, uh, therapists, um, uh, social and health sector workers, people who work with young people, for example. That's one of the key findings that we have uh, seen in in the past three years. Now, uh, 
that people who who meet people who go through these things they are really interested now in hearing more about what mm. we know so like professionals are waking up to the topic more and more mm -hmm. uh, like i i think that even in in one year i've seen a quite big increase in the amount of interest mm. yeah and the third area is then we try to raise the public awareness uh, about the mental health aspects of uh, climate change and environmental crisis and so on thanks Daniel. For, for, for sharing sharing all that and I, I think that the third area raising awareness both among the general public and also amidst various professionals that has led to some of the developments that you, you, you men mentioned and this is an example also of the fact that regardless of what your background is there is something that you can do that is of course different for many people depending on the context but here we have also a person from the social sciences and social work one person from the study psychology field and one person who did a dissertation of environmental theology way, way, way back for example so so it's an interesting mix of mix of people and there's something for it each one want to do but um, what about you Thomas what came to your mind when listening to the sto story that Daniel shared with us well I'm just really impressed I think listeners can I'm, I'm imagining if there's listeners that are in 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 a policy position or in a in some sort of institutional position it's neat to see the story and how this actually came about so it was kind of like a lot of these things it's organic right it you know takes some personal you know personal relationships and personal interests and people coming being honest about their own eco eco anxiety and environmental concerns it seems to me part of this work is we're working in the system and then we're working outside the system right and we need to have that partnership so the new ideas might come in from outside the system but we need we need the help from the you know the the mainstream mental health support organizations in, in in society as well. So I think that models that really well. I'm really impressed that, and I'll have to do more research about the being the oldest mental health program in the world. I, I I'm not surprised about that. You know, from a from a government standpoint, there's a perception in the U.S. that there's nothing being done in our in our government around climate change or things, and that's not true. There are people within our government doing a lot of things, but obviously there's a lot of gridlock and a lot of counter forces at play. I don't know personally of any nationally or even state level um, organization addressing the, the the idea of eco-anxiety itself, but I don't want to assume that there's not a listener out there that's not doing that somewhere. So if you are, if you are doing it, let us know because I'd love to share the information. But then I go into the question, and I don't know, Pana, you, you might have the same question, but like what I think listeners might be curious about what, what exactly happens in some of the workshops and like what does some of the work look like? That's the word. That's where I would go with the conversation. I'd like to talk about the Shouting Man uh, program. I know that's one uh, one of the programs, but on a more interpersonal level, like what, what happens in some of these groups or workshops? Would you like to start Sunny, for example? And if you want to share some of the methodology that you are using, please feel free. So we try to stay away from very nuanced discussion of various psychological and therapeutic stances. But I know that you've been using acceptance, commitment, therapy and mindfulness, for example, which are very interesting. And we've briefly touched upon that in some previous episodes. So please feel free to talk also about that if you want. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I do use, uh, when I meet people individually in my daily job or if I'm doing a workshop with Tunne, uh, 
I do use uh, acceptance and commitment methods and also uh, contemplative methods like mindfulness. And uh, lately I've been also very interested in radical self-compassion mm. and uh, how to kind of uh, take care of yourself and giving those tools. And the reason why these methods uh, came to my work is because they were there already before mm. and that those were pretty much the main psychological methods I had and uh, I didn't know what to do with climate anxiety or eco anxiety but I was wondering if I could use these methods I already know and I would have already some tools and uh, that was a kind of a big leap for me to kind of accept that uh, yeah I don't need to first get on another degree or something else to start working and um, to me, uh, it's about uh, preventive work. So I don't do uh, clinical healthcare. I I meet students uh, or into I meet those people who are in in need of uh, having those discussions. But I don't do uh, healthcare or I don't don't uh, diagnose anything. Uh, so I have kind of free hands there. Um, we talk about values, what is important for the person, how to deal with your own self-critic and how to take care of yourself, how to act, how to, and especially how to act based on your values and step-by-step uh, step, uh, choosing uh, your own paths. And also when not to act, like uh, sometimes it's needed to protect yourself or protect something else that you are not acting right now, but you should be choosing the time and choosing the paddles as well. Mm. And then we talk about a lot of acceptance uh, and that where the emotions and feelings come to very a crucial role, how to accept these emotions as part of the process and uh, travel partners and messengers, and they are not the enemy, how to be with them and uh, how to get also energized from them. And all of those emotions, they are there for a reason. And uh, Many times the reason is not what they are shouting to get your attention, but you have to be able to listen to them and see what actually brings them there. And uh, then they will help you uh, and also any anyone to help uh, to go to that path uh, according to your values if you take them as travel partners. Mm. And mindfulness uh, is about pausing and noticing emotions and feelings and what's happening around you as well. So I, I use mindfulness exercises. Very well said. Very well said. That's a great uh, primer on eco-anxiety support. I, I really appreciate that. Emotions as travel partners. That's a nice, that's a nice term. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things that people stick, that sticks to people and they kind of pay attention to that one. And that, mm -hmm. that topic comes to discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, if I could continue with how, how for example, mm -hmm. when we have this like five, five time peer group that meets, well, the first time it's people get to know each other. They kind of interview each other. Uh, what's their trip uh, with eco emotions? When, when have they kind of woken up to what's going on uh, and the seriousness and how it has changed during the years and so on. The second time is kind of like information-based. Then we usually talk how how are these environmental changes going to affect or are or already affecting people mentally, physically, or what it does to us as people in who, who live in groups. And then um, after, after 
we kind of then uh, digest the information as well as together kind of like these are like hard and difficult things sad things uh, huge things that are happening to us and then the third time we start to focus on the the coping what, what kind of ways there are to adjust your own on own emotions and and make yourself feel more relaxed or less anxious and so on and we kind of get to try together to do different exercises and kind of give uh, home exercises for people to do as well and so on and then the fourth uh, meeting that focuses on the support of communities uh, co uh, what what benefits there are mm -hmm. uh, when people come together and how they can share also thoughts and emotions but what they can also achieve by doing some some sort of action mm -hmm. and then the fifth time it also kind of rounds up the meeting and uh, and we say goodbye to each other but before that then we talk about future and usually we do this for some kind of exercise that uh, makes people to kind of uh, start to vision these um, utopias or protopias futures that are kind of like wanted in a way mm. Mm. yeah i'm taking some notes here this is a uh... Really, it really dovetails a lot with how I work with people, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, that the, here we, of course, like I, I have to give credit to Panu. Panu's work has been like tremendous support here, and uh, then we have a we are aware of li these models, for example, carbon conversations and other things that have been mm. going on outside Finland before we started our work as well. So there have been mm -hmm. some, some. Uh, heroes for us as well but mm -hmm. there are some some models to do but. yeah this merely mental health finland the the previous title was mental health finland it's been the sort of main mental health organization in in finland and they realized the possibility of climate anxiety around 2018 i would i would say on a more official level and and there one of their leaders especially uh, was sensitive to the to topic and they published a report on climate anxiety which I wrote for them in 2019 and and it's been very influential I think that such a respectable uh, organization in a society uh, says that you know this is something that we should think about and, and, and feel feel about and of course it's a bit easier in Finland you know a country of five five million it's like a small state in the in the US and the bigger uh, the, the country or nation is it gets gets more more tricky but, but still there's been some some benefits for for that and and one of one of the efforts has been to make use of the uh, ecotherapy and eco-psychology resources partly developed by Thomas and colleagues also for the Finnish scene. Now COVID-19 has greatly affected the national project of course and I know that Taneli you have had to move many activities online for example because mm -hmm. of the impossibility of live, live mm -hmm. me meetings. There's been cooperation also with, with some 
um, marketing of offices for the public awareness part of thing so sort of normal parts of organizational work and from that game one special thing that Thomas was also interested about this shouting man mm. man cam- campaign well, would you like to share, share something about that that gained some some international attention to Brit race newsletter also Vedman. yeah I think the the shouting man uh, he was like a good a good uh character at that time that time and was interested in, he was i think he was taking part in this um some tv contest right and so he had gained some uh, some uh, leverage and uh, was uh, had some followers on social media and so on but uh, but uh, he as a person was also interested of course in what's what's going on on in this field and so our work important so he took part in that campaign and uh yeah it was a it was a good trick in a way uh, we also at the same time we had prepared this like declaration of a climate health emergency in finland it was signed by a lot of mental health associations uh, also some unions if i remember correctly and so on so we kind of published that one there was this uh, event where the shouting man told people how to express their emo- eco emotions mm-hmm. by shouting of course yeah and that that uh, the national mm-hmm. tv and so on picked up from that that was a good thing i don't think it's a a, a special finnish characteristic or anything to, mm-hmm. to shout mm-hmm. emotions i see some level of humor there because uh, i li- i think generally we're considered like a little bit uh, uh, emotionally restricted uh, people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Like shouting goes to the other end right away, and it's it's like a funny way to express what you say if you otherwise mm-hmm. are a little bit hesitant. Yeah, I'd encourage listeners that we'll have links. We'll have links to, um, and we'll wrap up here in a moment, and we can go a little over our time because we have extra guests and things. But uh, we'll have links to all these programs in our show notes, um, the the formal programs uh, in Finland, so people can learn about these, and also the shouting man. It's nice to see this person, and we all need a little bit of the shouting man in our lives. You know, this catharsis. Um, I was thinking of primal scream therapy, the old therapy that was developed in the in the seventies uh, in the U. Well, I don't know where, maybe in the U.S., but uh, Arthur Johnoff, and that was kind of known. A lot of musicians and artists have have done primal scream, and I thought that's not surprising. You know, expressive people will will gravitate to that, but it's the idea of catharsis, is letting it letting it all out. The um, the band um, the musician uh, band uh, Tears for Fears have have an old song shout shout let it all out that they were actually influenced by Primal Scream therapy in that song which is a little 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 um, trivia point but um, but yeah I, I, as I think about this now I think what I where I'm going to use this in the future and when I talk about this is that in our groups there is always someone that's going to be the shouting man in any group. And sometimes we're the shouting man or sometimes other people are, but we have to honor the shouting man or the shouting woman, I guess is one way I take this going forward. It's, it's, um, it is kind of a, you know, a spectacular thing that draws attention and, you know, kind of a media thing, but it is also pretty primal. And so I think, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I might be wrong, but I think a lot of listeners have felt like that over time. They just want to scream. So I think we, we should make, make place for that. Uh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, we could link the 
Yeah, we could link the Norwegian famous painter by Edvard Munch, The, the Scream, also, also with the episode, episode notes, and that's constantly popular as an internet meme, also because you can link that expression. Mm-hmm. I think that's related to what Thomas is saying. It's such a uh, such a primitive and stable part of us that sometimes we would really need to do that and but that also brings us nicely to an important topic that we might close this slightly extended episode with which is coping with matters and uh, I, I know from our earlier history that Tanali you for example do music personally also not just listening but also doing it uh, I'm also doing it not as prominently as Tanali but still and but but perhaps giving the floor first to first to Sunny uh, would you like to share something about the ways that you use for coping with both you know the stress that your work also sometimes um, brings even though it's also rewarding I know but this and 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 you know with eco emotions in, in in general so would you like to speak a bit about that yeah to me personally and also uh, for many of my students and other people I meet in these issues it's about connecting and feeling the real connection with with ourselves of course but uh, to other people as well and the nature finding ways to uh, also see your own important part there even though sometimes it's it might be very small but it's still highly important and uh, my own uh, eco and climate anxiety has has gotten better uh, in these past five years when I've been actually feeling that I do something and I do something meaningful, I'm part of something meaningful and uh, I do something according to my values and I don't need to be perfect in it, but uh, it's enough what I do now. And uh, yeah, it's, it gives me a lot of joy. So connection and uh, also that self-compassion there. Yeah, yeah I, I can also, I feel really good when when I see the, that People, new people come and join Tunarius activity, for example. There are these really bright, young, up-and-coming psychologists, for example, who who will do these things a lot better than me and Sunny have already. And uh, and it's it's really nice to see that there's a platform that you have been a part in creating, and and, and then there's new people uh, are willing to join that, and they have ideas, and that that feels really good. And one thing that came to my mind about the, the shouting part still, and, and Panu also referred to music. I have a background in like, a, I used to listen to a lot of punk and rap music when I grew up. And I played, for example, in hardcore punk bands, which are all about screaming. So mm-hmm. I, I know how much it helps helps when you think about everything that's wrong in the mm-hmm. world. Uh, yeah. So it's very, very, very helpful. Thanks for sharing. That's very, very, very pro- profound. And uh, I, I hear that you have both found meaning in in these these activities. Perhaps even purpose, if we use that word. But that that's up for the for for the listeners and uh, sort of holistic or embodied methods. This is of course something that Thomas has been writing and talking about also for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is great. This has been a great conversation. So we're talking about community and, you know, all these, the whole, um, all the work that uh, Sani and Tanelli is doing is really about bringing people together so they're not isolated. And the students are not isolated and these groups are not isolated. And uh, so there's a community aspect and then, you know, our our emotions and our emotions is is bringing them into ourselves and, and being close with our emotions. And then 
taking taking our, our actions, you know, as we can. Um, and then channeling our nervous system, letting giving ourselves an outlet either through our own our own shouting or listening to to music or viewing art that 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 illustrates that catharsis. So this is a really nice nice beautiful picture that we painted today. Uh, well, thanks again. Um, I again will share our information. We'll share all the information about this program, and I hope this can inspire more work in Finland and also around the world. Uh, and I know there are other people doing these kinds of things in the world. So to do reach out, you can find us at climatechangeandhappiness.com. And, um, if we hear about more programs around the world, we'll have, we'll be happy to share that information, but I'm really, I'm really pleased, uh, with our talk today. Thank you so much. Um, Pano, do you have any last thoughts or anyone else have any last thoughts? Kiitos paljon, Panelia. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Be well. And thank you for listening.